There are players in your fantasy league who are performing at unsustainable levels, which means that the air is about to be let out of the balloon here with these players and you don't want to be left holding the bag. So let's break down these players that you need to trade away to your league mates in fantasy football. And we'll begin with Alexander Madison, who in week three, the usage remained strong and he finally performed. Madison saw season high snaps at 79%, as you can see on Fantasy Life right here, and he earned 87% of the rushing attempts. These are elite numbers. It led to his first big day where he saw 25 touchdowns in total and between his total yards rushing and receiving 125 yards he was efficient finally for like the first time in two years averaging five yards per touch so this is all great news but here's why you kind of want to sell him he's not going to find a better matchup this year than he did against the chargers 30th ranked run defense and oh yeah cam Akers is now going to be involved in week four and when it comes to cam Akers, as you can see right here they only swap draft picks to acquire him and more specifically they swapped a conditional sixth round pick for a conditional seventh round pick so the rams basically gave him away for free to the vikings but that all said, Akers is now on the Vikings. Doesn't really matter how he got there. He's there and he's a similar talent to Alexander Madison. Before his Achilles tear last year, Akers was definitely a more dynamic player than this version of Madison. So I'm expecting Akers to immediately play at least 30% of the snaps, maybe closer to 40%. And Ty Chandler should still be involved for 5 to 10%, which would pull Alexander Madison, who's been earning 76% of the snaps and nearly 80% of the rush attempts this year. It's probably going to pull him closer to like a 60% snap player. And this is concerning because he's been a large inefficient player the last two to three years so now if he's going to see like five less touches a game yeah it's going to be tougher for him to get there in fantasy so if you can i'd be trading him for somebody like jerry judy who has a better outlook moving forward now george kittle is also coming off of his best game of the season in week three after struggling the first two weeks kittle was the tight end three overall in the week only two tight ends were better than him sam laporta and travis kelsey he puts up seven catches 90 yards nine targets this is a great game for 16 fantasy points but there was a clear reason to why this happened on thursday night football against the giants brandon Ayuk was out. And as you can see from Travis May's tweet right here, historically, when Brandon Ayuk is out, George Kittle averages 36% more receiving yards. And that historic usage without Ayuk continued in week three. As you can see from Fantasy Life, Kittle ended up seeing a season high 27% of the targets, those nine targets that you saw from Brock Purdy and for this 49ers team. But the issue remains the same for Kittle. He's rarely the first read in this offense. Ayuk, Debo, and Christian McCaffrey, since McCaffrey joined the team last year during that span, they all have a higher first read target share where the quarterback is looking right away to throw it then George Kittle and part of this is because Kittle blocks more and a lot of his routes are skewed because he's blocking and then releases and it's kind of later in the play it doesn't really lead to much so there was major concern the first two games if you're a fantasy owner of George Kittle you know this he only put up 49 total yards if you could see 19 and just 30 and this was in good matchups against the Rams and the Steelers and then in week three with no Brandon Ayuk on a short week Thursday night football against a bad Giants team he finally got there but now is your time to take advantage and sell him off this performance if you want to trade him across the exact same position which is not always the best move i would actually trade him for darren waller who's a nice buy low option now the next man up is isaiah pacheco the kansas city chiefs running back who yet again the trend here had his best game of the season in week three he ends up producing 78 total yards and nearly 16 fantasy points he finds the end zone on 17 touches and this is something that we said heading into this week in my yahoo content last week on this channel here specifically we said he's in the best situation of the week as a 13 point favorite at home against the bad bears defense and this ended up playing out now we have to dive into his usage because it's a little bit skewed according to fantasy life's data isaiah pacheco only played 43 percent of the snaps in week three which would actually be a season low but this is because the game if you watch this game it became a blowout very quickly and he actually didn't play the final quarter or really the final drive or two of the game so he actually did see around 50 percent of the snaps but here's the deal the matchup won't always be this good and this is still a three-headed backfield because in this game jarek mckinnon was involved he had two early touchdowns basically stolos from pacheco and then clyde Edwards-Lair, before the starters were pulled in the garbage time ensued he saw 10 touchdowns 
touches. So look, most weeks, Pacheco is going to see 50% of the snaps, but he's not earning any of the passing down usage, which makes him a touchdown or bust player. He's yet to top 20 routes run in a game. He's seen zero snaps in a two-minute offense, and he's outside the top 30 running backs in receiving game usage. So look to sell Pacheco off this 16-point performance and find somebody who's not a touchdown or bust player. Now, the next man up is Cortland Sutton, and we were big Cortland Sutton lovers this whole offseason. He was like a 10th, 11th round pick at times, and as of right now, he is massively paying that off as the wide receiver 22 in fantasy. And there's nothing wrong with his performances, but now there's a good chance that you can upgrade him for a more stable piece. And there is literally no better time than now, with Sutton coming off a 21-point performance where he catches 8 balls, 91 yards, a touchdown on 11 targets. In week 3, 100% of his targets were actually catchable, which is a big difference last year with him and Russ, where only 70% of them were catchable. So all of this is great news. Why would you want to trade him? Well, the other receivers on his team are starting to see more usage. You have the rookie Marvin Mims, whose routes have increased every week. They doubled in week three, and on just 18 routes in the last two games, he's seen 190 yards, nearly 190 yards, and two total touchdowns. He's going to start seeing more usage as the year goes on over a guy like Brandon Johnson, who's the receiver ahead of him on the depth chart. And then there's Jerry Judy, who finally seems to be getting healthier after his second game, and that's just based on watching the tape. His yards after the catch looked a lot better. His overall route running, he looked more comfortable. He earned seven targets, had a solid game. So look, Sutton's not bad, and this Broncos defense is terrible, meaning that the overall passing attack's going to have to throw more, and Sutton's going to see volume. But as I mentioned earlier, he's basically a top 20 receiver, 22nd right here through the first three games. This isn't going to keep up as the other receivers on the team start to see more usage. Judy starts to get healthier. I'd try and trade Cortland Sutton for somebody like maybe a Nico Collins or definitely a David Montgomery if you could pull that off. Next, we'll talk about a running back who is a major waiver priority. But before we get there, if you're enjoying this, make sure you hit the subscribe button because it'll allow you to see all my future content and beat your buddies in fantasy. Now that waiver wire darling from just a week ago is Jerome Ford. And look, in his season debut with the Browns, he saw the starter usage. He played 55% of the snaps. And now according to Fantasy Life, he only had 33% of the rush attempts, but this is skewed because the game turned into a blowout late. Third string running back Pierre Strong ended up playing the entire final drive and seeing five carries, which skews the data. But if you take out the garbage time, Ford saw 13 opportunities, Hunt saw eight opportunities, and Pierre Strong saw just one. And this led to a solid game for Ford, 19 fantasy points, but a lot of it was skewed. He had 12 touches, he had over 50 yards, but a lot of it came from one nice touchdown reception. The issue was Kareem Hunt was actually on a snap count in this game, but still saw good usage despite being on a snap count. Now, if you look at the data, Hunt only played 21% of the snaps, but he actually accounted for 36% of the non-garbage time opportunities. We mentioned it earlier. He had eight of the opportunities to 13 for four. So this makes me wonder what happens when Hunt starts to not be on a snap count and plays 40% of the snaps. This might get closer to a 50-50 touch split. And look, the Browns defense is the best in the league by far. So the running back should have some leads in the second half and be able to run the ball more. That's what this team wants to do. They want to run the ball. But if it's going to be closer to a 50-50 split, you might be able to sell Jerome Ford off of this performance for somebody who has a much better role coming off of a bad performance like Kyron Williams. Now, next up, I want to talk about the Miami backfield. We can talk about Devon Achan and Raheem Mostart, who are obviously coming off of great games, but you might be able to actually upgrade them now. They're like a no, no way I'm trading these types of players after their 45 and 50 point performances, but this is where you can get top dollar. Because let me tell you something, I've been tracking the trades. You can see all the recent trades in the trade market on Yahoo Fantasy, and there's some wild things happening. This is what it looks like right here. And let's like just focus in on one of these trades, the one for one trade here, Devon Achan, as you can see on the bottom of the screen, he's going right now in a one for one trade. He went for Calvin Ridley, which is crazy. Ridley is like a second round pick. If we were to redraft today, he's a top 20 player in my rest of season rankings. And some other guys I've seen him traded for on this tool, Chris Olave, Jamar Chase, Travis Etienne, Josh Jacobs. It is crazy. The fever people have for Achan. All those guys I just named, I definitely want for the rest of the season over Achan. And it's not even close. Achan would be like an eighth round pick. If we redrafted today, maybe seventh round, all those other guys I said are like first to third to fourth rounders. Now, obviously, A-Chain's great. He's a flex option for you in 
fantasy. He just put up 50 points, but he's not going to face the Broncos who missed 24 tackles every week. And we're just a few weeks away from Jeff Wilson getting back, which I don't think Jeff Wilson's going to come in and see 60% of the snaps, but he'll probably see at least 20, 30, 40% of the snaps in most of the games, which is just going to cut into all the running backs workload. Now, if you were curious, Raheem Mostart also has a pretty strong trade value right now. I mean, we could look at some of the trades he's going for. One for one, he's going for Josh Jacobs. Give me Josh Jacobs instead. And as I scroll through this list, I was seeing other names like Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown, and Ramondre Stevenson as one for one trades for Mostert. The Dolphins offense is fantastic. They're the talk of the town, the best offense in the NFL by far. You can maybe sell as high as possible for some first and second round talents on these running backs right now. Now, another player you might be able to get some top end value for back is Christian Kirk right now, who did draw the start in week three because Zay Jones was out. And in that game, you saw elite usage. He operated as a starting wide receiver playing on the outside, seeing a season high 91% of the routes. This led to a 15% target share. So not great 15% target share, but it was still six overall targets, which is solid. And for the second straight week, Christian Kirk was the best wide receiver in fantasy from this team because he found the end zone on his six targets, 15 and a half fantasy points, four catches and 54 yards. Now, not only did he benefit from Zay Jones being out, but once again, Calvin Ridley missed like 10 to 15% of this game dealing with a nagging injury from last week. And Zay Jones was ruled out on Friday. He's dealing with a knee injury. And if you look at the injury report from last week, DNP did not participate. He missed practice every single day. He was not close to playing in this game. He might actually miss another week here. So there's a chance that Kirk is going to start yet again in week four against Atlanta, but that's a slower paced game. It's not the best game environment. He might not put up a good game, which at that point you could lose your window to sell him. So I think right now is the best time coming off of back-to-back solid fantasy days. And by the way, once Zay Jones does return, which he ends up playing in week four, it could go right back to the week one poor usage. It probably will where he was a slot only player. 66% of the routes run, only played 59% of the snaps, led to one target. This is a complete flip from what you're getting right now because the other receivers are banged up. And now when Kirk has been out there on a per route basis, his efficiency, it's been fine. Not great, just fine. Kirk ranks 38th in wide receiver efficiency through three games. Now, if you're curious on what the market is for him right here, you can see on Yahoo, he's going trades one for one trades with guys like James Cook. I saw a Ramondre Stevenson on here. If you could pull off something like that, get yourself a top 15 running back for Christian Kirk, definitely do it. And you definitely want to acquire the fantasy blueprint because if you want to win your fantasy league and schmack around your friends, this is for you. That one was kind of hard. Every single day of the week, I'll be sending you a tool that will help you prepare for the week and win your week, whether it's the waiver wire tool, whether it's the rest of season rankings, projections and rankings for that specific week, or the game by game matchup notes, every single fantasy relevant players matchup notes and a lot more for that week. This is just $5 for the entire year. And if you don't make your fantasy playoffs, this is what I do. It's risk-free. I just refund that $5. So you either make your fantasy playoffs with these tools or you get your $5 back. Why not do it? The blueprint's extremely simple to get. Thousands of people are already using it. And if you want to join them and get access now, just scan the QR code on the screen or click the link in the description below. Now, the next man up is Brian Robinson. And we talked about him last week. You had to sell high on him last week when he was a top five fantasy producer because this usage wasn't going to continue. And that's what we saw in week three. The usage was very concerning. Yes, he saw 10 carries to just two for Antonio Gibson, but it wasn't the carries. It was the snaps. Robinson saw a season low 37% of the snaps. This is a massive drop off from his 58 and 55%. And it's because the commanders got down. Sam Howell was sacked a bunch. He had four interceptions. They were playing from behind the whole game and Brian Robinson came off the field because as it was last year, Antonio Gibson remains the passing down back on this team. You could see his snaps went up in week three from 37 and 45% to a game where they were trailing 63% of the snaps. Now he didn't play all that well. He didn't even see a lot of usage. He had a fumble in this game, but still he is their passing down guy. Now we were told in camp that, oh, Robinson's going to catch more passes. We saw a little bit of it in the preseason of, oh, maybe there's a little glimpse here of him 
them doing that that's not what we got though and if that's going to be the case the commanders are going to probably trail in a lot of games which means robinson is just kind of a touchdown or bust player like an isaiah pacheco we talked about earlier so i hope you traded him last week when he had a big week because seven points isn't going to be an encouraging thing to look at but at least when you're trying to do your sales pitch on why you should trade him you could say hey it was worst case scenario they got down big four interceptions won't happen again from sam howell and he still had 10 carries for 70 yards was still massively efficient seven yards per touch look i have a couple running backs you can have him if you want i need a receiver something along those lines now in reality like i said the commanders are probably going to trail a lot and he's a touchdown or bust player so try and sell him for somebody like a kyron williams now the next man up is george pickens the steelers wide receiver and here's the thing the pittsburgh offense looked a lot better in week three kenny pickett was averaging eight and a half yards per attempt and they were using kenny pickett in the running backs in ways that fit their skill sets because of this for the second straight week pickens had a good game he ended up running 100 of the routes earning 24 of the targets that led to a six target performance four catches 75 yards and he's being used all over the field now not just on the outside as a jump ball receiver if you were to look at just the two games without deontay johnson on fantasy left right here you can see he's run 97 percent of the routes and earned 29 percent of the steelers targets this would rank top five amongst wide receivers last year he's been elite without deontay but that's the key without deontay deontay can be returning any week now and when deontay plays george pickens is under a 15 percent target share that means his volume historically literally gets cut in half than what you've seen the past two weeks and he doesn't have the easiest schedule coming up like the texans look like an easy matchup but if they're healthy which they weren't last week and their secondary still performed against the jaguars that's a tough matchup if they're healthy the ravens is a tough matchup the rams is not one of the best matchups that you can have for a secondary and we just saw that in week three they held the bengals to just 19 points despite not having any name brands in their secondary so the matchup is tough and look here's the deal i think pickens is a great player it's not about that it's about the value it's about the market that you're in in fantasy football he's top 25 in efficiency he's producing after the catch he's being used in better ways but this is all with deontay out and deontay's gonna be back maybe in a week maybe in two weeks so if you want to try and level up george pickens right now i'd try and get tyler lockett off a bad game or heck maybe you can shoot for a zay flowers now let's discuss a veteran and adam Thielen, who he has had a great two-week stretch two weeks ago with bryce young as his quarterback he puts up 20 points and then last week with a new quarterback and andy dalton he puts up over 30 points but here's the deal this is massively skewed because dalton in week three threw 58 times that led to 14 targets for adam Thielen, probably double the amount of pass attempts you can actually expect which would be like 30 from andy dalton meaning double the amount of targets you can actually expect from adam thielen most weeks and the issue is adam thielen needs these 10 to 15 target games to actually produce because of where he's seeing his targets according to player profiler stats adam thielen's average target distance his a dot is just 6.2 yards right now he's being targeted on average six yards downfield 87th in the nfl and this is a fine role if you can pick up yards after the catch like we're literally seeing michael pittman be a top 10 fantasy receiver with a similar role but he's picking up yards after the catch and he has just a better coaching staff here's the spoiler alert for you the 33 year old adam thielen isn't playing dynamic after the catch picking up yards and showing bursts no he has just 27 yards after the catch 45th in the nfl right now and this is on heavy volume if you just account for a per target basis he's outside the top 100 players so the air is about to come out of the balloon for an adam thielen i'd try and trade him for a guy off a bad week like nico collins or heck maybe you can get like an elijah moore now let's talk about some of the other players who are trending players that i would trade away on the cbs's top rankings we just saw puka nakua have another good game he puts up 70 plus yards but cooper cup is like two weeks away from returning i've been saying when he was peak value last week you should be trading him now he maybe doesn't have as much value but i still think he's worth the trade he's a top 50 player the rest of the season but he's not the top 20 player that he has now we talked about isaiah pacheco on this screen but i want to talk about damian pierce because he found the end zone and that's all you really could get out of him this team they might have a better offense which means he might start to see more red zone usage but they're still using three running backs and he's not seeing the passing game usage he has really no upside he's a touchdown or bust player on a team with three running backs being used that's similar usage to what you're seeing from isaiah pacheco like we talked about earlier but pacheco plays for the chiefs who are in the red zone a lot and i don't think we can bank on that 
with the Texans. Now, the next man worth trading, in my opinion, is Jameer Gibbs. Maybe you want to do it after Thursday night football. He has a good matchup against the Packers if David Montgomery doesn't return. But look, Jameer Gibbs, we've seen it. He's going to catch a lot of passes. He's going to have a couple of explosive runs, but it's evident that they need David Montgomery back on the ground on early downs after week three and definitely in the red zone. I think Gibbs will finish as a top 20 running back because of his pass catching upside. But if you're finding somebody who might trade you like a James Cook for him, go and do it. Now, somebody to kick the tires on is Kenneth Walker, who has been great so far this season. If you can get a top end running back for him, I would go ahead and try and do that. But Kenneth Walker very quietly is not seeing the passing downs. That's the rookie Zach Charbonnet. And Zach Charbonnet has been a much more efficient rusher than Kenneth Walker on his touches. Again, Walker has been great. He's scoring a bunch of touchdowns. This is a good offense, but he has a similar role to last year when he was just the early down back. If he doesn't keep up that insane efficiency, he's just going to start to mellow back towards being like the RB 15 to 20. So these are the players that you want to trade away before week four begins. And if you want to see the guys that you should maybe be trading them for, the guys you want to actually acquire, check out this video right here. I appreciate you tuning in. If you found this helpful, make sure to hit the subscribe button. It takes two seconds of your time and 50% of the people who watch these videos aren't subscribed. So please do change that. You'll get to see all my future content too. Schmack around your buddies.